0: Welcome. I am your host, Kimberly Lovey. I am a wife, a mother of two. I'm a businesswoman, a brand builder, blogger, and podcaster. I'm here to connect with women just like me who want to optimize their life while looking and feeling our best. Together, we will remove limiting beliefs and dream to become our highest and best version of ourselves. We will explore both mental and physical aspects of self-improvement while forming a community, a sisterhood, Before we dive in, please subscribe to my podcast and give me five stars. Hi guys. Welcome back. Today I wanted to provide you with an update on our fertility journey. I had previously podcasted about this in episode six entitled fertile myrtle question mark. Um, and I definitely encourage you to probably go back and listen to that episode if you have not heard it, so that you can really understand the full story. This is part two of that story. So, um, a quick recap was that when we left, when we last left off, um, we were considering. We were considering if we wanted to proceed with. Additional fertility treatments, and I had hesitations. One of which was I didn't know if I had a pre existing health risk, like genetic predisposition to certain cancer, like ovarian or breast cancer, in my family. And so we actually had received the results of some genetic testing that we did, and it turned out that I did not have any kind of genetic precursors for what would have put me at a very high risk for doing IVF. And so with that, I had decided that I wanted to move forward and do IVF. So yeah, so that was a big decision. Um, That decision was a couple months ago now. And basically, so before we dive into exactly how the IVF treatment went and where we're at right now, I do want to also kind of highlight one thing that I already have a son and I have a daughter. They're young. And some of you might be wondering, why is she doing IVF for a third child? Like, I don't understand. She already has two. And the answer is that I want a big family and I don't have a big family. It's just me and my sister. And, um, I just, when I get older, I want to be surrounded by my beautiful children and their spouses and you know, grandchildren. And I just have this vision of being a part of this huge family that is, you know, enjoying our time together on this earth because family is really the most important thing. And I have such an amazing family. I know many people don't necessarily have, you know, the most amazing families, but I've been really blessed. And so, yeah, I just, I just want more. I just want more. Um, and Brian feels that way too. Okay, so let's dive in. So basically, a couple months back, I decided, we decided, that we wanted to go ahead and try IVF, which was a huge shock because this entire journey, we did not think it would come to this, like at all, not even close. And again, it turns out I have low AMH, which is basically low ovarian reserve. So basically when you are born as a female, you're born with a set number of eggs and then they, you know, decline and then really start to drop off. So turns out I had low ovarian reserve. Um, once we started trying for baby three and it didn't happen, we did all kind of kinds of testing and that's basically what we found out, which was a complete and utter shock. And um, yeah, it was sobering. I mean, I, this was at 34 years old, so it's not like I'm 45 and trying this, you know, it's just, it was very shocking to see that my egg supply was that of like a 55 year old woman. Um, as you can imagine, especially because we had gotten pregnant so easily with our first two. Okay. So we decide we're going to do this again, huge decision. We belabored it for months, weeks, practically years, I guess you could say. And, um, I go in finally the first time. So what happens is when you go in for IVF, you have to go in day three of your cycle. And what they do is they check to make sure that you have follicles that are forming because follicles basically release an egg, ideally. Um, So every month you have one dominant follicle that grows and will release an egg. And so what they do is you go in day three of your period, And they want to make sure that, yes, it looks like you have follicles growing. And, you know, if so, how big are they? How's your uterine lining? And they're just kind of checking to make sure that IVF would be, like, basically that you're a candidate. They also check your hormone levels to make sure your hormones are stable and in a good place so that you are a good candidate. So I go in and they basically look and they're like, oh, you don't have any follicles, So the average number of follicles is like 10 to 12, basically, um, total. So let's just say five to six follicles on each side every month. Um, And then mine had been like, of course, lower, like three follicles or two or sometimes four on a good month. And so to make the big decision to go ahead with IVF... And the financial commitment and all of the things. And then to go in and say, okay, I'm, we're ready. We're starting. Let me just do my initial checks so that I can start tonight. Um, you know, to go in there, be so excited and finally prepared to do it, only for them to take a look and say, nope, not this month. Like, I mean, it's, it's really shocking. Very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. So that was one entire month gone. Then the next month, I'm like, okay, this is our month. Hopefully I have some follicles. So we go in and follicles are looking great. There's like five of them, which was very high for me. Super excited. I was like, like literally beaming with joy and had to make sure, you know, you get the medications delivered to you and then you can start on, you know, sometime that evening. And it's basically two shots initially. And so they check my blood, they check all of the hormones and everything. And I'm about to start in like an hour. And the nurse calls me and she basically is like, your estrogen is too high. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, you can't start. Your estrogen is like triple the amount it should be. And I'm like, you're kidding. And I think if I remember correctly, I believe my estrogen was too high I don't remember why. I think maybe I had gotten like a cold or something weird. And regardless, it was completely devastating because I was gearing up and, you know, you have to learn how to take these shots and everything's stored a certain way and you have to take it at a certain time. Like it's a whole commitment, like it's a mental and physical preparation. And so for you to kind of at the point where you're finally going to take the leap and then for someone to stop you again is just really just upsetting and disappointing. So then we just kind of waited for a couple months and then decided to pick it back up. I go back and we finally began the process. So I, I went back, I had like four to five follicles Actually, I think it was like three to four follicles or three to five, something like that. Anyway, the third attempt, finally go back, everything's good, and we start it. So this is the funny thing. I had watched this Desi Perkins documentary, which if you don't know who she is, I had no idea who she was, but she basically is, you know, an influencer and she has a YouTube channel, Um, beautiful girl. She has the cutest um, husband, like there's the cutest couple ever, Stephen they're so in love. And she has this entire, like, I think it's like a seven part YouTube series on her fertility journey. And I had watched that cause someone had referred me to it and it was just very like dramatic, you know? And so that watching that actually made me really anxious about IVF. Cause you see like all the needles and all the appointments and the heartbreak. And it just was like really intimidating. And so basically, um, when we finally, when it was my turn to finally do it that night, I was like calmly preparing everything, like laying everything out, making sure I had my videos. Like, so I knew how to do everything. And Brian walks in and he goes, Hey babe. I'm like, Hey, he's like, Oh, are you going to do the injections? I'm like, yep. And he's like, okay, well I know you're nervous. So don't be nervous. And I'm, he's like, I'm right here. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not nervous. And he's like, no, it's okay. Like, I know you're nervous because, you know, you've got like needles you're going to stick in your body, like in your stomach, basically. And so I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not nervous. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm nervous. So I don't like needles. I'm just going to stand over here. <laughs> and so I do think that um, having like a calm frame of mind was super important. And I do think that the silver lining to having to almost start attempts. And then like basically having time to like digest that, okay, this is how you do the injections and this is how it's going to go. And there's a calendar and just having time to digest that instead of going to the doctor, getting the checkup, learning all about how to do the injections and then going home and having to do it that night. Like that is like very like, like it's, it's like unsettling. Like it makes you nervous. And so I think Because I had the benefit, I'll say, of waiting, it actually helped me to like be more calm and not be so nervous about doing the injections and like following all the steps because I had time to study it. And so by the time it was finally my time to do it, I actually, I mean, I was a little anxious, just like making sure that I did the right steps properly and everything. But, um, I wasn't really, really nervous and I didn't feel like, oh my God, I need someone else to do the injections, which by the way, a lot of my girlfriends that have done IVF, their husbands have done the injections for them cause they were too scared. And I think that's totally respectable. Like I get it, but for me, I just, it was better for me to do it myself. I just, it was less of a thing. Like I'm in control. I know what feels good and what feels bad. Um, so, yeah. So basically what it is, is you do two shots for, it's, it's an 11 day treatment. 11, it can vary depending on how things shape up for you. But basically for the first like three to five days, it's only two shots. For me, it was Gonal and menopure. And essentially what it is, is making sure all of those follicles like kind of grow And so it's kind of like putting fertilizer on every single one of your follicles instead of a natural process, which is only one of the follicles is going to really grow and mature fully and then produce the egg. In this case, you're trying to like say, okay, all of my follicles, I want you all to mature and I want all of you to release an egg. And so that's kind of the process. And then depending on how things are going, so you have to go in during this 11 day window, you go into your doctor like three or four times and they're checking your follicles to see via ultrasound to see like how are your follicles growing. And so once say, let's just say like half of them are, are growing a lot more than the other half, they'll give you a third drug to add so that you don't ovulate for the mature ones. So that's when they introduced the third drug. Um, I know that there's different drugs out there and different regimens. So this was my regimen. Okay, so basically you go in 3 times in a single week, so let's just say Monday, Wednesday, Friday and they're constantly checking you and they're doing blood tests to make sure that your hormone levels are even and appropriate and everything's safe. And then basically what happens is finally when they say okay, your uterine lining is looking good and your follicles are, you know, about to produce eggs um in the next couple of days. Um, we're going to stop the medication and then they say, okay, you're going to take a trigger shot. So a trigger shot basically tells the follicles to release the egg. And so it's one shot in the butt. And so, yeah, so basically the last shot you do is your trigger shot and it has to be exactly, I want to say 32 hours from the time that you do the shot to the time you do an egg retrieval, meaning, um, you know, the egg retrievals, when is the next step when they go in and they're going to actually take out all the eggs that you've produced. So yeah, the trigger shots really interesting because you do have to do it at a very specific time against the time that they're going to do the egg retrieval. So all of this is very well coordinated and orchestrated. Um, and so, yeah, so you do the trigger shot Then you go in for the egg retrieval a day and a half later, and for me, it was in the morning. You can't have any water. You're on propothal, so it's kind of like monitored anesthesia is what they call it, and so you go into the lab. Um, In our case, it's the lab, and so it's not in your doctor's office. It's in a lab, and then you basically go into like the OR or whatever, and it's a 15-minute procedure. You don't feel a single thing, and it's it's not painful whatsoever, and they take like a thin needle and they basically like suck out the fluid and then they like in each follicle they go into every single follicle you have they suck out fluid and then they suck out the egg and then they put it into a little petri dish and within an hour or two they count how many or like right away actually the embryologist will look in their petri dish and see like how many eggs you got and so by the time you wake up, the doctor will say, you received this amount of eggs, or we, we were able to retrieve this amount of eggs. And so it does not stop there. This like keeps going. Okay. <laughs> so you have the eggs, you go home, you're recovering. And then the next day or... I forgot, uh, sorry, I forgot an important part. Your husband provides you with the sperm sample and then they spin the spin and clean the sperm so that you get like the best quality. Um, you cannot like select any genders or anything like that at this point, in case you weren't sure about that. Um, and they, they used to do a procedure where you could spin the sperm and then try and select the gender, but I guess it wasn't accurate. So they stopped doing it. Um, so just something that if you were wondering something we learned about, um, over a year ago. Okay. So they have the eggs, they have the sperm, and then they basically make sure that the eggs are mature. If it's not mature, they can wait like a day. Um, so basically they, um, insert the sperm into the eggs, all of the eggs that they received, and then you wait one day and the next day they will notify you if the if the egg fertilized, meaning like, did it form together to form an embryo or not? Because sometimes it won't fertilize. And so, so the next day I got a phone call from the lab saying, um, oh wait, so I had, sorry, I'm, (laughs) I'm a little scattered on this. Okay. So they had retrieved two eggs for me the next day only, uh, wait a minute. Okay. So they had received or retrieved two eggs, which is not a lot. The average number of eggs is like, I think I looked it up like the national average. I want to say is like eight or nine. You can Google it, but I'm pretty sure that's it. So I had two. Okay. So I'm like way, way, way below the, the average. I have, um, friends that their husband had the fertility issue and so their bodies were normal. So if you're normal, like if you don't have any like fertility issues as a woman and you're doing it because your partner has, um, an issue, you can get like 30 eggs. Like, so any woman that's ever done IVF and they didn't have a problem, like the drugs they give you could produce like a ton of eggs. So obviously in my situation, I have an issue with low ovarian reserve. So I only got two and I was lucky I even got two. So yeah, they fertilize them. And then the next day, They say, yes, they are embryos. And then what happens is for the next five to seven days, they watch to see if the embryos continue to grow and develop. Um, In my case, one continued to grow and develop and one died off, like did not develop into anything. And so that was the end of that one. So then with the one that we had, this is literally like survivor, you guys. Okay. So then with the one embryo that did form, then they take a little sample of it some DNA from it and they send it off for genetic testing to make sure that it's normal. That's also where they can um, determine the gender of, of the embryo. So they send it off for testing. That's another week and they come back and they basically read out your results. Like if it's normal or not, they also can tell you the quality of the embryo based on like how, um, symmetrical and perfectly round the egg is or the embryo is. And like the quality of like, I don't know, there's a few metrics you can look up, but it's like A, B and C ratings or AAA and all of this. And then they give you the gender. So thankfully our embryo came back and was normal, which is a huge win. That's all I could hope and pray for. And, um, basically they said it was like a top rated embryo and, They said some people will retrieve like 30 eggs and not even get something like this quality. So that was huge. Um, So, okay. So then they revealed the gender to us, which I will not share right now. And then the big question came up is like, okay, we have this one embryo. This is amazing. And so then came the issue of like, do we just want to do the transfer, meaning having the embryo implanted into me or do we want to try for another round because basically after you have your embryo then it becomes a 70 to 30% chance so 70% likely that it will implant in your uterus and grow and become a healthy baby and then there's a 30% chance like either it won't implant or you could miscarry or whatever so it's definitely still not a sure thing and so we decided to go ahead and do another round of IVF just so that if God forbid this embryo, you know, did not work out, we would still have a chance. And so, um, and so basically we ended up going for a second round a month later, um, and, go through the whole process all over again. And it's a lot, I'm skipping over a lot of the things that people don't really share about, which is like, you have to call your insurance companies and your pharmacists and you're constantly on the phone trying to make sure you have the right medications and um, the medications that come, some of them need to be refrigerated, just receiving the boxes. And there's just so many logistics and so many things in between that people skip over that it's a huge time investment and it can be extremely frustrating. Um, and I was not prepared for that. And so, yeah, so basically we ended up going through a second round. Um, my symptoms of IVF were like bloating and a lot of acne at the end, but other than that, it wasn't bad. I have to say, I wish that I had done it sooner because, I thought it was going to be so much worse. And so if there is anyone that's kind of on the fence about it, I will say for me, it was not that bad aside from like the time and money and just the overall commitment. Like if you're really wanting to do it, like I say, do it because it was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I mean, I would say probably the worst part was like the bloating and the acne, which go away, you know, they go away as soon as you're done with the treatment, like a week or two. Actually, that's not exactly true. I experienced a lot of the symptoms about a week after the treatment ended, which was interesting. Okay. So yeah. So basically we did a second round this past two weeks and, um, it was a lot of time, money, effort, and, um, I had had four follicles. They looked good. I think, you know, we were thinking that it looked better even than last time based on like the size of everything. So super excited about it, super happy and go through the whole egg retrieval. And then the doctor comes after the egg retrieval and he's like, we only got one egg. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. He's like, I know we wanted better, but I'm sorry. So then the next day I don't hear from them. I'm like, that's weird. Like they're supposed to tell me if it fertilized and it's weird. I didn't hear anything. So then the next day, um, I was like, I was emailing with the nurse. We have the best nurse by the way. And so the next day the doctor calls me directly and I'm like, this isn't good. And he's like, okay, well the first day your egg was not mature. So they didn't fertilize it. And then the second day they fertilized it, but then it didn't mature. So we have nothing now. So as you can imagine, complete devastation, totally upset, totally disappointed, um, but super grateful that we had at least the one embryo. So yeah, I mean, just digesting that this week, um, you know, has been has been tough. I will say that on average, it takes over two cycles to get a viable birth. Um, so I was completely prepared to go through at least two to three cycles. And so the fact that we got one, um, one embryo in two cycles is a huge win and I'm just so grateful for it. And so now we are basically at the point where we are going to reevaluate and decide when we want to do our transfer. So there you have it. That is our IVF story. We did IVF, we did two cycles, we got one embryo and We are not yet decided on exactly when we are going to do the transfer, Um, but I am so overjoyed at the prospect of getting to have another baby and being pregnant again. I love being pregnant. I know you guys think I'm crazy. I absolutely love being pregnant. And um, yeah, so that's really the whole story. So if you guys have any questions about it, please let me know. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, This has been a multi-year journey for us, so... Um, we've tried everything in between this and check out, you know, episode six and you can get the full scoop on everything. But, um, I hope this helps you if you are interested in pursuing fertility and you're having some issues and you're trying to expand your family, I'm happy to be a resource and talk to you guys. So definitely reach out to me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey or DM me if you want, um, let me know. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.